from what's on to what matters. It's Tracy Mack on Newcastle in the Morning, only on Newcastle Live. Now, it was a big hoopla yesterday. There were media conferences called. There were front pages of, uh, of newspapers and it was shouted as a great alternative and a fix for what's going on in our GPs. And not quite the case. New South Wales residents will soon be able to get vaccinations and some treatments prescribed at their local chemist in a move a doctor's group has slammed as absolute madness. From Monday, pharmacists will be authorised to administer a wider range of vaccinations, including jabs for travel. But the 12-month trial has been announced evaluating pharmacists prescribing medications, including antibiotics for urinary tract infections, treatments for skin conditions and infections, and birth control. Now, the Royal Australian College of General Practitioners has called the move madness and a recipe for disaster. Dr Charlotte Hespie joins me on the line now. She's the New South Wales Chair for the Royal Australian College of General Practitioners. Good morning and welcome for your... T- uh, thank you and I appreciate your time. <laughs> Good morning, oh. Tracy. <laughs> it helps you yeah. I get the tongue operating this morning. Yep. Um, this really is a concern. Um, did you have any warning of it prior to the announcement yesterday? Well, we did know that Minister Hazard had publicly said that he wanted to launch a program of pharmacists doing UTI prescribing, but we certainly hadn't heard anything about anything else. Um, And actually, they proactively made sure the GPs and the AMA weren't part of the conversation, as far as I can tell. It's not a solution, is it? it? It's certainly not a solution for, for patients. It's not a solution for doctors. The area that really concerns me is um, when it comes to UTIs and also the pill. Now, when you go to your GP, you you have to, before you get your script, you go through a, a plethora of tests to make sure that your body's going under control, that the pill's not doing anything it shouldn't be doing. They check your blood pressure. They do all sorts of, of general health before you actually get that script again. That won't be the case if you're going to a pharmacist? Well, no, that's exactly the issue from my perspective. It's often that we think, oh, yeah, that's easy, I'm taking it, it's really a no-brainer, I just need another script. Well, that's okay to a certain point, but then we actually add around that this what I call the safety scaffolding, making sure that it is actually still okay for you as the individual patient and that there's nothing else that's actually happened in the meantime that makes that different. And I can also make sure that the other bits of your healthcare are going in the right direction. It's what I call adding value um, and really being able to do all the things that we know actually will keep you out of hospital and um, with chronic diseases down the track. Now, we know that we have a shortage of, uh, of GPs. We know that there's a, a long wait to get in to see them. You know, being devil's advocate, the, you know, the government has said, well, here we go, this is an alternative, this will take some of the pressure off. Um, what would you say when they, when they say that is the solution for our GP shortage? Well, no, it's not a solution at all, and that's why I'm really disappointed that we were kept completely out of the conversation. You know, if we're talking about the problem being GP access, let's talk to the GPs Mm. and actually look at what solutions we might be able to come up with to that in in partnership with New South Wales. And there's lots of evidence-based, proven programs that will assist us. One included, and very easy because we already have practice nurses, If we actually start funding more practice nurses in general practice, we can double the access to your GP. Also, actually, having a pharmacist working in your practice just a little bit of the time also will improve access. 
Um, and that's done within a really safe model because they're working with the GP, with the medical records and an understanding of who each person is that's having prescriptions done for them. I mean, I know this is this is a rare case, but, you know, it also allows um, for, you know, we, we know that people doctor shop. It also allows people to pharmacy shop with, uh, you know, well, I've got a UTI, I need antibiotics. It allows them to do that, doesn't it, without, without really keeping a record and without your GP understanding the full complex issues of what's going on. Oh, look, it just will introduce more and more of what I call siloed bitty care, we're really calling and we're having conversations with the federal government at the moment to have what we call voluntary patient enrolment. In other words, saying that you, Tracy, commits to coming to my practice um, to have me help coordinate your care and that therefore any care that happens for you is done in a coordinated way with anybody else who's, who's doing that. So that would mean that the pharmacist needs to make contact with us and make sure that anything that is happening is safe. Look, we're already having those conversations, but this will actually facilitate it much better because I know that you are actually my patient and yeah. it's not just a, you know, going, as you say, going here, there and everywhere. Can I also say, it's really interesting the government has said this is a solution to you having to wait six weeks with your urinary tract. You and I know that no one ever waits six <laughs> weeks to have their urinary tract um, treated and that's just a, what I would call a fallacious statement. No patient in my practice waits more than 24 hours to be sorted out for their urinary tract infection. I know that there might be, you know, some other issues in rural places, but even so, there are really easy ways of accessing appropriate medical care that does not take anything more than 24 to 48 hours. It can be then done safely. Also, in the pharmacist, this is not going to cost the New South Wales government a cent because guess what? Guess who's funding it? You, the patient. You're going to go in. You're paying for the consultation. There's no Medicare rebate, so it's all out of your pocket. Then the medication is also not going to be subsidised in any way by the government because this is outside the whole safety boundaries of where medication approvals are gained. So we have the TGA who approves what can be given in pharmacy and what needs a prescription. All of these prescription medications can then get funding because of that. Government is, this is what New South Wales government's doing. So they're going to cut that link and they're going to say, we, we don't really care that it actually requires a prescription and we're going to let the pharmacist do it. And then that means there's no accountability for the issue of who is prescribing it and dispensing it and making money out of it all being in the same place. It's and guess who's benefiting? The Pharmacy Guild because yeah. they're going to get all of that money. Exactly. Now, what about people who say, well, you know, the doctors are just cranky because they're not going to get the, uh, they're not going to be able to do the bulk billing. They're not going to be able to have the appointment. Um, I'm not sure that there's many doctors that are short on, on dollars or need to worry when we're talking about six-week waits. Um, well, but, we're, yes. Yeah. Well, I think that's the point, isn't it? Like, I'm not, I don't, this is not about a financial imperative for my practice, but the number of UTIs that come across my door is not going to in any way mm. financially impact me. My biggest concern is about antibiotic um, what, prescribing and the mm. safety thereof. We've been doing a project for over 15 years now to improve the way in which antibiotic prescribing is done in the general practice setting to make sure we do not develop community resistance, particularly to to, in inverted commas, simple UTIs and respiratory tract infections. Um, and we have cut antibiotic prescribing for the unnecessary infections significantly. In the North Queensland trial, 99% of people who 
fronted up to their pharmacy counter were given antibiotics. Oh. We know that less than 60% of those people would have been given antibiotics if they'd actually fronted up to their GP. On top of that, there were a number of patients, which the pharmacists quite, you know, don't, don't talk about, who ended up being in hospital because of their undiagnosed, complicated cause of their symptoms that they thought were a simple UTI that would have otherwise been hopefully diagnosed and managed in the general practice setting. Maybe not instantly, but would have been had that safety netting around them to make sure that they were picked up much faster um, and followed up appropriately. And look, we know that, that overuse of antibiotics has the opposite effect. We know that uh, that, that will just uh, reduce our immunity as, as, as a nation overall, and yet we're going down this track. It doesn't make sense to me. No, it doesn't make sense to me either. As I said, we, we've just sort of really achieved some good goals in terms of our, our antibiotic, what we call stewardship, um, and that's just going to go out the door. There's no testing associated with this. Um, and, you know, well, there wasn't in the North Queensland trial, but you just fronted up. You said, I, I had a UTI and the pharmacist could give you the antibiotics. Where, as I said, for most of the ones, most of the time, mm. it's really straightforward, drink a whole lot more, have mm. them what we call urine alkalinizing um, agents, and you probably won't need to have um, antibiotics if it is actually a simple um, UTI, which the majority of the ones that I see, can I say, aren't that simple. Yeah, exactly. Is this just an oversimplification from uh, the Perite government? Is this just trying to uh, to oversimplify it, but then not realising the long-term ramifications of this? It's completely oversimplifying it. Um, I heard Minister Hazard say this morning, they've safely you know, done COVID vaccinations, and so we know that they're safe. Can I tell uh-huh. you, that giving a vaccination in COVID is a completely different um, you know, scope of mm. skills than diagnosing a urinary tract infection, having a conversation with a young woman about contraceptive pills and um, actually ensuring that the appropriate medical, what, as I said, scaffolding, that safety netting that I do, we do around our patients all the time is done totally shows he does not understand the difference between putting a vaccine in an arm and ensuring that you understand what you're doing versus diagnosing a medical illness and appropriately managing it. Um, must, the other thing is it's not costing them any money. Of course, see? so it's so, wonderful. That's great. That's what they want. Yep, yep. yep. It's, I mean, I must um, admit, it, it really does concern me. You know, I, I have a 15-year-old daughter. It, it does concern me that if, if she decided she wanted the contraceptive pill and, uh, you know, she didn't go through the GP as per normal, if she just went into a pharmacy, it really does concern me that she's not going to be, be given the full full scope of, of what is and isn't available to her. She's not going to be told the, the you know, the side effects, the possible side effects. She's not going to be given that arm around the shoulder. She's just going to be a, a number that goes in pays her 30 or $50, gets back out, and she, all of a sudden she's on the contraceptive pill. She doesn't know what to look out for. She doesn't know that from here on in, you know, she's got to check her blood pressure. All of these things that your GP and that I, as a 49-year-old woman, have been through, you know, it's something that, that our kids aren't going to know. And also all of the other options, you know, to, to understand what are all the differences between all of the pills, but mm. also, too, about what I call the long-acting ones, which are... Um, from my perspective, a much better option mm. for a young woman to be using than taking um, a contraceptive pill. And Absolutely. you don't know that if you don't go in and yeah. have that really long, in-depth and person-centred conversation with your GP. 
Wow. Now you've been uh, you've been in uh, in practice as a GP since 1994. You've obviously seen crazy crazy schemes come and go. This has got to be up there though, isn't it? Um, yeah, we've never had this. I mean, I think up, it's it's a really interesting thing, as I said, where we know that it's been difficult to access GP care. There are some really good solutions out there that we know can make a difference, but no one is actually funding them. Instead, they're funding these bitty, more siloed care things that are going to make our whole healthcare system completely fall over. I get told what we're trying to do is keep people out of hospital and unnecessarily hospitalisations and really here we are, we're, we're promoting something that actually is going to end up for a whole, for a lot of people requiring more GP care and more hospitalisation down the track. Um, it's it's a, a sad and sorry mm. solution and I'd love to be able to get in there and say, show them some of that where our evidence is and it's all about having a GP who knows you provides you with continuity of care and we can fund extra people into that practice to be part of the team to improve access as well. So where to now? Obviously uh, the AMA and yourself will be lobbying against this. Um, are you hopeful? What, what do you think uh, the next step's going to be? Oh, look, I'm not at all hopeful that the government's not going to continue with this because, as I said, it's not costing them anything. Um, the only cost it is, we, we, um, in terms of when we heard about the UTI prescribing... Um, I did a whole lot of jumping up and down and mm. saying, you know, you can't do this without actually properly showing whether it does or doesn't solve the problem that you're saying it's going to mm. solve. So they are going to do a, a sort of a, a research project around it. And from my perspective, I want to make sure that that research project actually gathers all the information to show why this is not a solution. Um, but I, And that is not me saying this is a good idea, this mm. is me saying this is not a good idea, let me demonstrate to you very firmly why it mm. isn't. Um, because patient safety is, that's my whole mantra. Mm. I've lived and breathed being a GP, as you say, since 94, and I love the fact that we really do make a difference to health outcomes. And doing this sort of siloed approach, as you say, it's up there and it's not good for anybody long term. No, it's really not. Look, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I can only understand, I can only imagine how busy you must be at the moment. Best of luck with it. Will you keep me uh, in the loop as to how you're going? Because I'd really love to follow this one. That'd be great. Thanks, Tracy. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. That is uh, Dr. Sharla Hespi, who is the New South Wales Chair of the Royal Australian College of General Practitioners. What do you think about that? Are you a supporter of being able to go to the chemist and get your scripts? You don't have to go to your GP anymore? What are your thoughts? I'd love to know. You can text me 0490-84886, that number again, 0490-84886, and I would love to hear from you. With decades of media experience, Tracy Mack brings you a smart, fast-paced morning of news and entertainment with special guests and major newsmakers for your morning fix. Join Tracy Mack for Newcastle in the Morning, weekdays from 9, only on Newcastle Live.